everybody. Welcome in. Welcome in. So excited to be with you. We have made it. Woo. Uh, when I say we have made it, 18 weeks, everybody. 18 weeks. It's been a long journey. Uh, it has been a long journey, but we are approaching up to game 272. It used to be 256. Now it is 272 games. We have been rocking it all season long. Now we get to week number 18 in the National Football League. All the games are set. All the scenarios are set. And I cannot wait to talk to about a couple games that we saw last week and looking ahead to a couple games that we have coming up in week number 18. I cannot wait. Look, find this podcast, right? If this is your first time or you're listening, remember, it's the Total Coverage Podcast. Make sure you go to wherever you find your podcast, on Apple, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, you type in Total Coverage. See that? You subscribe, you rate, do all that great stuff. Interact with me as well, at Kirk Morris. I've been buzzing that, by the way, on Twitter, at Kirk Morris on Instagram as well. Love seeing your comments. Love hearing just some of your thoughts as I also share some of my thoughts throughout the week and throughout Sunday's broadcast uh, about the National Football League. But so much to get to. First of all, I got a guy who coming up in a couple of minutes who I play against, I would say, for a very long time. He looks like a tight end now, but, man, he was an outstanding center. Nick Hardwick, former center for the Chargers. He'll be joining us in a couple of minutes. We'll talk some of that, the, the biggest game, I think, of the week because they flexed it to Sunday night, right? Chargers at Raiders, a de facto playoff game. So I cannot wait for that. Um, woo, it's going to be a fun conversation with me and Nick. Then after that, we're going to preview a lot of the games that we saw last week, especially the Raiders. They had a big win over the Colts. We'll take a look at that. Followed by the Bengals and the Chiefs. Woo, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. We know if you've been talking, if you've been listening to the Total Coverage podcast, you already know. I've been talking a ton of Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor. So I want to make sure you make sure if you after you listen to this one, you go back and listen to a couple of episodes before that, because I have been high on the Bengals. And yes, they are getting it done. We'll talk about their AFC North championship that they won last week. So AFC North champions Then look Rams over the Ravens. We're going to get into that game as well. A lot of stuff going on in Los Angeles for this week as well. Coming up in week 18. So we'll cover a little bit from last week as well as Cardinals and the Cowboys so much to get to my players of the week and then oh man get you ready for week number 18 so without further ado let's go join my guest man Nick Hartwick a guy who I love seeing now but did not like seeing throughout my eight years in the NFL because he was always the guy that was we seem to tangle a lot right as a middle linebacker here's a guy who played center for a long time in the National Football League 11 years and he was a pro bowler back in 2006 he's the host of the Hardwick Life podcast he's my guy Nick Hardwick former Chargers center man Nick first of all so glad to have you this week and it seems like it's a fitting week Raiders Chargers to end the football season, 18 weeks of the season, game number 17, and I get a chance to uh, get a chance to see you. How you doing, buddy? Kirk, I am fantastic. Thanks for having me on. And I tell you what, the league couldn't have drawn this schedule up any better in yeah. the AFC West. This is awesome. I mean, it's playoff football in week 18 to advance. Yeah, this is good stuff. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait at all. I mean, you can follow him, too. At Nick Hardwick on Twitter, he gives great content. He's always got a lot going on. I love following him. The dude does a little bit of everything, right, from workouts to fitness to health. Also drops on some nuggets when it comes to the Chargers, who are now 9-7. and seven. They improved to 9-7 and seven 
with their 34-13 win over the Denver Broncos. They snapped that two-game losing streak, Nick. What's changed now for the Chargers? How do you see this football team after clinching a winning season at 9-7? and Yeah, they're, uh, you know, it's interesting for me watching them at the end of this and coming up and matching up with the Raiders uh, after coming off the loss to the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, both games that won the Houston Texans, they should have won. And when you talk about a playoff football team at the end of the season to qualify or to clinch a playoff spot, you you almost should look at the Chargers and go, you you're out of the playoffs just for losing to the Houston Texans, (laughs) but that's not the way that it works. And I thought uh, their coach, Brandon Staley, I'm not a big analytics guy. And I don't know if you are or not, but going against the Kansas city chiefs, they left nine points on the board going for it on fourth down, going for scores. And I'm a, uh, I think there's two types of teams or two types of systems out there. I think there's point accumulators, which I would be, or there's a point chaser, which I think Brandon Staley is. But last week he kind of changed his MO, and I was thankful that he did going against the Denver Broncos. Just put the points on the board when you can get them early because they all add up the same at the end. Uh, They're a good football team. They started off, and I I know you remember that at the beginning when they had some big key victories, people people were putting them at the top of the class in the AFC and it hasn't quite worked out that way but they're still a strong football team they're a stable football team and with Justin Herbert and the weapons that he's got available to him they can make noise in the playoffs there's no doubt about it you know Nick I want to go back to something quickly you said uh, a couple weeks back when the Chargers played the Chiefs you mentioned it that Staley kind of took points off the board and I'm wondering how powerful Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback because it wasn't just Brandon Staley. You know, I saw it again this right. past week, and it's a game I'll talk about later on the pod today. But when you look at the Cincinnati-Kansas City game, I'm, I'm seeing Zach Taylor going for it at the end of the game with the game's tied because they don't want to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's what that's what Patrick Mahomes does, right? He makes you that's do right. what? He makes you do Forces things. Forces your kind hand. Of, forces you so I was, it was I thought it was a great note that you just brought up too but you know this past weekend Justin Herbert went 22 of 31 237 yards two touchdowns but he broke a franchise record for a guy who you uh know very dear to your heart Philip Rivers who was the leader uh in passing touchdowns for a season but to see Justin Herbert pass that record and sort of be able to be the future of this franchise for so many years we saw it was Philip and then to kind of pass the torch in a year in which this team now is probably going to make the playoffs if they win this week. It's a pretty cool transition to see that the Chargers finally uh, got a, you know, got the uh, the quarterback right going toward the future. Yeah, exactly. And I think Phillip and Dan Fouts had tied for that record. And uh-huh. I we always wanted Phillip to break the record. Just <laughs> okay. because being with him, of course you want to be part of a record with the franchise right. and everything. And it's really cool, though, to see Justin Herbert do that early in his career, kind of take that off the board already. He's tremendous. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it that he is a tremendous elite quarterback that if he can stay healthy, right, you always have to put that caveat in with the National Football League because there's a 100% injury rate. If he can stay healthy, 
he is going to have a wonderful, wonderful career and hopefully gets the opportunity at some point to play for a Super Bowl championship. And hopefully, from my perspective, hopefully it's with the Chargers because I would love to see that team, my old team, uh, get a get a chance at that. It's, you know, I know Philip, and, and I've talked to him plenty about Justin Herbert. Obviously, right. we're really good friends, but I know his mindset when it comes to this. And he's really pleased that the Chargers found the guy that right. is going to carry the torch for the next 10, 15, 20 years, again, pending health. And he seems like such a grounded boy. You know, I say boy, but it's like, cause he's a kid to me. It's he's like, when, kid, I look at, yeah. when I look at my own kids, I'm like, Oh, what a good boy. Right. It's like, <laughs> he's, he's a man, you know, yeah. he's such a, he's such a grounded man. He seems like he comes from a really good background and he keeps it all in perspective. And he's able at these really big moments in games to just kind of calm down, relax and play really good football. And I think we saw that from the very first start that he had in the national football league when Tyrod Taylor got, uh, poked with a needle through his <laughs> lung, whoops, uh, big snap yeah. through there from, from the medical team with the chargers, but had to sit out and Herbert got notified very, uh, in a short window. Mm -hmm. before the game and he goes out there and I think they went to overtime or something in that first game and he played wonderfully and yeah. I from right then on it he was <laughs> this is your starting quarterback for the next who knows how many years but he's awesome and he's still got a ton of talent around him too so we'll see what they can do but of course you got to get by the Raiders this week and seems to be almost uh you know, with what they've been through this year with John Madden yeah. passing recently, changing mm -hmm. coaches to Rich Passaccia, getting the big win last week over the Colts. It almost seems like I, I would have to imagine in that locker room, they feel like a, a team of destiny. Mm. And we're, we're not, I don't know if they've got the talent ultimately to make a ton of noise in the playoffs or to go far but to at least make the playoffs this year, they seem like they've, they've got that kind of feeling about them. Yeah, I, I think they have that feeling. But I think when you preview this game, the one thing is that the Chargers really handled the Raiders in that first matchup, right? 28-14 yes. at SoFi. Justin Herbert was on fire. The Raiders couldn't stop Jared Cook. They had the running game going. And think about this, though. Austin Eckler, who last week 17 carries, 58 yards. He had another touchdown. He's second in the league with 18 total touchdowns this season it seems that this Chargers offense is is clicking a little bit different than it did in the beginning of the season everybody's involved Keenan Allen is playing great Mike Williams who scored that touchdown uh, thrown from Justin Herbert like where is his offense at as they head into this matchup against the Raiders yeah I think they've been able to open it up a little bit and it seems like at the beginning of the year, they were playing to me, it just looked like a little tentative, keeping everything underneath, not taking the shots down the field. Um, the run games really, like you said, with Austin Eckler, if they can get that going and he's just so dynamic out of the backfield, I mean, no matter which way you give him the ball, yeah. if he's healthy and if he's firing on all cylinders, he just adds a completely different dimension to them. And I, I love what the team's been able to do with the weapons that they've got. They've got some speed that can open it up. They can take it long. They got Keenan Allen, who he calls himself the man killer. 
You know, you, you, you put a guy on him and, and got press coverage, he's going to shake free and he's going to get open. He's just so smooth and has such nuance in his route running and knowing where to sit and knowing where to go and move through zones. And I mean, he's, he's an incredible football player and uh, his career for me has been just so fun to watch because a lot, of, a lot of people don't know, like when Keenan came in to the league, I watched him as a rookie. He almost went home. Like wow. he, was, he was a third round draft pick, but he almost went home. He was homesick. He wasn't getting any playing time. Yeah. Uh, he was really frustrated. And, and, you know, I mean, those growing pains coming into the league, they can affect guys in different ways. And I think Keenan just was incredibly frustrated. I think he was a little confused. I think he was just out of sorts. He was homesick. There was all these things face that he was facing and, uh, thankfully he overcame them because ended up Malcolm Floyd got hurt that year. Keenan stepped up and then he's been sailing ever since. And Mike Williams has taken off. And so it's, uh, it's been a ton of fun watching those guys, but this offense, it's really dynamic. They have a ton of creativity. I just hope they're, they open it up and yeah. that they make, they make some adjustments. Cause you know, Kirk, it's, it's hard to beat a team twice. Right. So you've got the chargers who beat him 28, 14, the first time they came around the team, right. naturally it's human instincts to have the mindset of we've got this, look what we did. The first game, you turn on the film. If you're the chargers and you go, that's good. That's good. That's good. Ah, that didn't matter. That's good. That's good. So you really amplify how good you were and you, it's hard to look critically at the mistakes that could have caught you. Right. And you come in as the favorite. Mm -hmm. And so the pressure's there. This is a playoff game, no matter how you want to slice it. It's, <laughs> right. it's a playoff football game. So the pressure's there. So if there's a slow start, you start to feel like, what is going on here? Why aren't we in the same flow that we were in last time? And then from the other side of things, and back to the Chargers for one moment, you may just, if you're Joe Lombardi, if you're Brandon Staley, you may do the status quo thing going, Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Cause you've, how many times you heard that from a coaching staff in a locker room, just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So they look at the <laughs> last game and like, well, right. it ain't broke. Don't fix it. So we're <laughs> going to do what we did last time. Well, what are the Raiders doing? They're looking from a completely opposite lens than what the chargers are, are glossing over the bad and amplifying the good. The Raiders are detailed on what cost us not what could have cost us what right. did actually cost us this game and then being able to kind of reformat their blueprint and attack them from different angles so and having that little bit of element of fate you know like they're coming off of a huge win they've had to win down the stretch here their back's been up against the wall they've played in these pressure pack games right and they may be more in a mental state prepared for this game than the chargers are so this one's it's going to be a ton of fun and i think early the raiders may have the upper hand with making the adjustments and the chargers are going to have to figure out how the raiders are planning on coming at them this time and then make those in-game adjustments so we'll see i think this is going to be obviously a lot of execution from the player standpoint but from a coaching standpoint the chargers are, I believe going to have to make the early adjustments in the game to how the Raiders are going to reconfigure their old game plan. Well, I think I know one area that you'll probably be watching is along that offensive front. I know you made the pro bowl back in 2006, early in your career. And I look at what Rashawn Slater has done at left tackle. You talk about solidifying a position, but I think that's going to be the position I'll be looking at 
The Raiders have a couple of talented rushers. One of them made the Pro Bowl and Max Crosby. The other one, Unique Ngakwe, two guys who can really get after it. But what have you seen from the rookie, Rashawn Slater? You talk about falling to the Chargers right at the perfect spot. How's he been throughout the season? He's awesome. I mean, it's been really fun to watch them land and stick a draft pick because that really, when you look at the chargers over the years with under the guidance of Tom Telesco since 2013, that's been his big gaping glaring kind of issues that he's had in the draft is bringing in offensive linemen that last that are still with the team. You can look through the roster and you don't see very many guys that he drafted in the second, second, third, and fourth rounds, meat and potatoes kind of rounds of the draft that are still with the team. They're playing elsewhere because they didn't work out with the chargers. Slater is a monster. I mean, that, this guy is, he's, it looks effortless to him. The, the way that he carries his body, he's a huge man. He's strong. He's got some dog in him, which I love to see as an offensive lineman. He finishes his blocks. But from a pass protection standpoint, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing many guys, if any, do it the way that he is right now at that left tackle position. I mean, he is incredibly technically proficient. He's athletically at a different level than most guys are. He's strong. And he's obviously very smart because, you know, to be a good player in the league, I mean, you've got to have some football intelligence and being able to know where the guy's going to go and have the ability to self-scout and to be able to game plan and scout the guys that you're going to be blocking. And he's obviously got all of that about him. Mm. 11 years in the National Football League, all of them with the Chargers, part of the member of the 50th anniversary team for the Chargers to 2006 Pro Bowler, the host of the Hardwick Life podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Hardwick. My guy, man, first of all, I'm glad that me and you aren't doing it on Sunday. I'm glad <laughs> no <be>. kidding. <laughs> right? My body feels a little bit better than when me and you used to tango, but those were some great matchups. That was always fun, Nick. And you know, it, it does, you know, trust me, I miss parts of the game, but I'm going to enjoy this one. A playoff atmosphere come Sunday, Raiders versus Chargers. Uh, this is going to be an awesome one. And I love the years that we got to play together. We got to tangle so many times and <laughs> you're a hell of a competitor and you're doing a great job on the broadcast. Hey, sounds good, Nick. Anytime, man. Talk to you soon, brother. Yeah. Thanks, Kirk. All the best to you. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here. And if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds. And I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly. Fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. When it comes to the games from week 17, a lot of teams were in a playoff scenario, right? You got to play yourself in, as I was going to say, because you had to win. And I think the game, uh, sort of a lot of people kind of scratched their heads because they just didn't know. But the performance that was put on by the Raiders over the Colts, that was one I think a lot of people were like, wow, what just happened? Because I really look at the way that the Raiders took care of business. They improved to nine and seven and they won their third straight game with a 23 to 20 win over the Colts. 
the Raiders currently right now, they're the number eight seed. So they're on the outside looking in, but yet if they're able to win this football game against the Chargers, they will be in the playoffs, man. But one thing that I can say, uh, a, a team that has had to deal with so much from coach firings, um, you know, player incidents off the field, um, you know, cornerbacks being released, first round corners being released. Obviously I mentioned the Henry Ruggs incident, a interim head coach, even another player just arrested for DUI. <laughs> um, you know, it's just so much that this organization has had to deal with. You know, uh, even a player who came out uh, as gay in the beginning of the season in Carl Nassib. This is a lot of things that are put on an organization and they've rallied behind everyone. They've rallied behind everyone and they've t understood that it is about family. And me being close to this organization definitely holds a little bit, you know, more to my heart because it's the team that drafted me. But they've had a lot in terms of the outsiders, the outsiders who brought in so much negativity and criticism. And yet all they've been able to do is keep their head down and start grinding. And a lot of that falls on the shoulders of Derek Carr, who last week went 24 of 31, 255 yards. He had a touchdown couple of interceptions and I always hate when Derek does that but it's about not how you start it's how you finish right we always say it's not how you start it's how you finish and how Derek Carr finished his football game he led the Raiders on a 10 play 60 yard drive with 156 remaining to set up the game-winning Daniel Carlson field goal and the Raiders in years past those are the games that they will lose and that's just not the case it is because the Raiders, I feel like, have a mindset of an us-against-the-world mentality. And maybe it's because they have one of the receivers in the league who I think is so underrated. And that's Hunter Renfro. Seven catches for 76 yards. He's only got one touchdown. But right now, he, to me, is one of the best route runners in all of the NFL. And no one talks about him enough. He's Zay Jones. Zay Jones, actually, he's kind of had a resurrection of his career. You talk about a belief in the quarterback has in him. And the thing about it is Derek Carr seems to know where he's at at all times. And I can give a ton of credit to the offense, the offensive line who's playing better, but I can also have to talk about that defense. The Raiders defense under Gus Bradley's tutelage this year, totally different. I mean, think about it. The Colts came in on a three game winning streak. One of the hottest teams in football, right? You're talking about Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz, T.Y. Hilton's coming back. I mean, this team was just really, truly been on fire, and yet this Raiders defense held them to 262 yards of total offense, only 140 in the air. And Yannick Ngakwe, yeah, he had a sack, four quarterback hits, and he's probably telling people, hey, why didn't you vote me for the Pro Bowl? I know Max Crosby on the other side went, but Yannick Ngakwe had a Pro Bowl type of performance as well. So the Raiders had set themselves up. The way that they played that final half, I thought that final segment, that final you know five minutes of the football game, they, the defense set themselves up and it got the offense all the way down to kick the game-winning field goal. So for them, outstanding, but it sets up the opportunity for Chargers Raiders Sunday night. You can clinch the playoffs with a win for the Raiders, but also too the caveat to that game, by the way, which I also found out <laughs> with a Colts loss, the Raiders Chargers can tie and they both get in. How weak is that? We want to see a winner. I'm just always talking about the winner. So we'll see about the winner of that game. I really believe this will be an outstanding game and it can clinch the first playoff berth for the Raiders since 2016, all right, 2016. And Derek Carter, by the way, if he wins this game, 
and stays healthy, by the way, he could actually start his first playoff game of his career, right? Think about that. The Raiders made the playoffs that last time. He actually injured his ankle in a game against the Colts, and that's why he didn't play. But the Colts, they fell to 9-7. and seven. Their three-game losing streak, like I mentioned, was snap. Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries, 108 yards. He leads the NFL. He may get the uh, rushing title this year, but it's really about the quarterback, Carson Wentz. You're going to need more out of him. And 16 to 27, 148, he's thrown for under 200 yards in the five of the last seven games. So what does this look like going down the stretch? They're going to need Carson Wentz to play like the first rounder he is and the guy who led his team almost to a Super Bowl before being hurt when he was with the Eagles. But it's going to come down to, I think, for the Colts, they just they can win. I mean, they're playing against, you know, obviously a team that they're supposed to win, right? They're supposed to beat the Jaguars coming up, right? But you never know. I've been in those situations before. <laughs> you never expect it, but you got to go out there and play. So a lot resting on week number 18, and I can't wait to see what it looks like, man. So my focus is on right now Carson Wentz. How does he play down in this final game? And on the other side, the Raiders, man, win and you're in. Rich Bisaccia doing a great job of what, you know, he's had to deal with. Man, the Raiders clinching already a winning season for the first time in a long time at nine wins. So they won't be under 500. They'll be over 500. But this last game, we'll see what happens if they get to the playoffs or not. I get excited when you watch good teams play football and underdog teams play good football. And the underdog team for me was a team last year had a losing record um, last couple seasons. And Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, you talk about patience because teams don't have a lot of patience. Organizations don't have patience. When you look at the Bengals first two years under Zach Taylor, you're scratching your head saying, you know, this is this is rough. You know, will he be able to change it around? Especially we saw the injury last year by Joe Burrow coming off of an ACL injury. I don't think the Bengals, a lot of people had the Bengals in, you know, your conversation as a playoff contender. And that's all changed because in week 17, the Bengals, they improved to 10 and six. They clinched the AFC North title 34-31, but it was a victory over the Chiefs. The Chiefs that were currently the number one seed in the AFC, and now they are now knocked down to the two seed. Tennessee takes over the top spot. And the Bengals are currently the three seed in the AFC. They also take home the AFC North crown. They put on those hats, those t-shirts. They've claimed their first playoff appearance in the division title since 2015. That a long time ago in football years, right? You know, football years are like double. So just six seasons ago, but yet it seems so much further but it's the way that they've been doing it. Joe Burrow, I call him Queen City Joe, 30 of 39, 446 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's right, zero interceptions in his last two games, by the way. Joe's almost thrown 4,000 yards. He's at 971 last two games, eight touchdowns. He's got a goose egg right there when it comes to the interceptions. And for the life of me, I don't know why people just cannot find Jamar Chase, the wide receiver, number one. Yeah, he wears number one. It's pretty easy to find him on the field. And Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. 
he actually broke an NFL record for rookie receiving yards in a single game, and he set the new record for rookie receiving yards in a single season in 16 games, beating out his former teammate Justin Jefferson and teammates at LSU. And now we talk about Jefferson this season he had with Minnesota last year as a rookie and Jamar Chase the season he's had this year. And look, I, I, I'll admit when I'm wrong. The Bengals got it right. They got it right in drafting Jamar Chase and not drafting Panay Sewell. So I even give them credit uh, where the credit is due. But man, this has been all about Joe Burrow. He left the game in the final seconds because he was hit on that right knee, but he seems to be okay. You know, it was a situation him trying to, you know, QB sneak the ball across, but you know what? Hey, we'll bring in the backup quarterback to do that. But Burrow right now, he holds the franchise record for touchdowns and passing yards in the season. It's the first Bengals quarterback to throw for 300 yards six different times in a season. It's the first quarterback since Dan Rito to have, by the way, four 400-yard games in his first two seasons. Now, it's not over for the Bengals. They can still kind of you know, move around a little bit, maybe move up to the two seed. Who knows, right? That is a possibility. That's now if the Chiefs fall in week 18 versus the Broncos and the Bengals win against the Browns, that will make both teams 11 and six. And by the way, we know with the tiebreaker, the Cincinnati Bengals will be the number two seed in the AFC. Wow, with two home games back to back, if they're able to win their first round matchup or the wild card matchup. Now on the other side, Patrick Mahomes, that's a typical day for him, 26 of 35, 259. The Chiefs really led this game throughout and they led at halftime, 28-17. McCole Hardman was a leading receiver. Tyreek Hill, six catches, only 40 yards. So he did a good job of containing, not allowing the big play, but this seemed to be more of a game in which just more assertive in that second half for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Chiefs kind of, you know, played around or kind of just kind of wallowed around that second half. But then you saw all of a sudden when you're watching the game that Cincinnati realized it. And that's what I said before when I was talking about Cincinnati. They haven't been in these games, right? When you think of December, January football, it hasn't really been exciting for Bengals fans. Well, it was exciting this week and the players showed up and they responded. And I mentioned it, the Titans now are the one seed in the AFC. Currently the two seed are the Chiefs, three seed are the Bengals. But that's what's crazy. A lot of things can now change, right? In this week 18. So the Chiefs go into a game where it's almost a must win for them going against the Denver Broncos. If they want to at least get that two seed or at least possibly get the number one seed in the AFC as the Texans take on the Titans. So look, man, it is not over. This is what the NFL wanted to create. Every game matters, even week number 18. The 17th game has so many, so many playoff implications. Good luck to both those squads. And I can't wait to see what happens in week 18 for them both. Ooh, going to the Rams and the Ravens. One of the games of the week that I thought was, you know, one, the Rams coming off of two games that they had in a, a week span, their third game in 13 days after having one postponed team 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 days after having one
postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days after having one postponing days 
days after having one postponed team 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 days
Man, my players of the week this week, I uh, just had to go out, man. Jamar Chase, <laughs> unbelievable. He is going to be the rookie of the year. He has outdueled everybody. He has done enough. Back-to-back wide receivers, offensive rookies of the year. Two LSU wide receivers last year, 2020, Justin Jefferson, and 2021, Jamar Chase, man. He had 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. And my only thing is everyone knows he's getting the football, and yet he's still finds a way so an outstanding job Jamar Chase as my offensive rookie of the year and I mentioned it earlier where have you been he finally got some opportunities to rush the passer the Rams had a lead in the game late and when they have a lead late in the game you force the quarterback to have to stand in the pocket you can't get rid of it too quickly and that's where you saw Von Miller five tackles two sacks three tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, but it was that second sack was the one that sealed the game as he raced around the, the right edge of the offense, came in for the sack, did his little dance, and that game was over for the Rams, setting him up for a big, big game, NFC West title game for them on Sunday versus the San Francisco 49ers. Good football, y'all. 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 
Good football, y'all. Good football, y'all. Good football, y'all. Sunday versus 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 San Francisco, 49ers. San Francisco, 49ers. San Francisco, 49ers.